0: Hey everyone, this is part two of our interview with Pastor Dave Howells from Church of the Living Christ. Hey, don't forget to share these podcasts with your friends and family and all the people that you care about in your life.
1: You fall into the theology pit. All the pit. You fall into the theology
0: pit. Well, hey everyone. Welcome back to The Theology Pit. This is Theology Out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with The Bottomless Pit, because you know what we say, when you fall into a bottomless pit, you die of dehydration. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, podcaster, theologian, pastor, Samson Kovach, coming at you with another edition of The Theology Pit. Uh, We're going to continue our series on denominations. We're going to continue with the interview that we did with um, Pastor Dave Howell from Church of the Living Christ. Um, You can visit him, follow the links below in the show notes. And, um, Hey, if you want to hear this interview in its entirety, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the theology pit. And for five bucks a month, that's all it is. Five bucks a month. You get all of these interviews in their entirety. You get some of the videos, um, in their entirety. You get some, uh, special stuff that other people don't get. You are special when you are a patron of the theology pit. You get Secret knowledge that nobody else has. Imagine that. But for right now, we're going to continue with our interview with Pastor Dave. If, well, she's like, if Roman Catholics can be can be charismatic and speak in tongues, then nothing means anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, it's God's family is broad. And, yes, and, it you is. Know, just, it
1: is. And Martin Luther, when he nailed his thesis, mm-hmm. you know, and then the Waldenses found out, hey we're not really that far off because look at what Martin Luther's putting this out, you know? Yeah. And then the Huguenots come a little bit later. Um, you know, they are an offshoot of the Calvinists, mm-hmm. basically. And um, having both Waldensians and Huguenots coming out of the Roman Catholic Church, not necessarily, but Calvin as well, one of the Ar- uh, one of Arminian thought, the other reformed. Both groups played a part in the spread of a gift called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, it was only for a period of time that we can find that in history, Mm -hmm. okay? It was only for a period of time. So from time to time throughout history, the gift was on display. Mm -hmm. And it came from way back at the early church and moved on through the church, Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that doesn't mean that it was not occurring in those no. times of silence. No, exactly. Just because it's not recorded. Um, it wasn't recorded. recorded. Uh, I did a, um, a, a paper that I did was on the um, history of missions in Romania. And what I found was that um, Romania had always been a Christian nation. It just depended on who was recording the history. Exactly. Because they were of the Eastern Church and there were a couple 300 year periods where it was silent. But archaeologists found um, uh, burial sites there at the time that had Christian symbols and were buried. They said no, they were Christian at this time. At this time of silence, would that have they been the weren't.
1: Eastern Orthodox or
0: it would um, it would have followed closely with the Eastern Orthodox, but not necessarily. It, it starts splintering off. And yeah. I mean, well, you have to figure that the Eastern Church, the Orthodox Church, was um, the largest. Christian yeah. group and I mean it, it was almost over the entire world yeah um, at, at the time it's it's incredible to um to see but um that was part of the problem was that the the Latin church would attack them to convert them because they said well they're not even Christians so whose history do you take yes and it could become the same thing if, if you have these supernatural gifts that are moving through I mean you take the example of um uh, Gregory the Great Pope Gregory the Great and when he sent um, Augustine up into uh, the Anglic- Anglican Anglican lands, and um, a blind man was healed by him as a sign of of his authority, um, the correspondence back and forth of the letters that are kept are very interesting because the the Pope says to him, "Listen, we don't see this all the time. Remain humble with mm. this. Mm. Understand the humility and and the uniqueness." Of of this that yes. it is for the proclamation of God's yeah. word, and then they wanted him to do sort of like parlor tricks, and no more signs were done because he was like, no, it, this isn't something to do these tricks. This is to spread the gospel. So you have supernatural gifts and signs and things that are occurring all through history. Yes. So the written record is is not the end all be all.
1: No, it's not of
0: whether this is. It's so, not. It
1: w- it was happening. I mean, yeah. all of your major understandings of of the Bible. Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, they all had a, a ribbon of this happening.
0: Yeah, because some people would say, well, the Pentecostal Church, it started in 1908 at the Azusa Street Revival. That's the beginning of it. That's
1: what they want to say, but that's yeah. not the truth.
0: I know. And, <laughs> and and you could say, well, maybe the title that God adhered started there. That would be the truth. But the, the reality that the title encompasses that that goes much deeper
1: yes yeah exactly and you and you have very concisely eliminated a good portion of what i was going to share but that's okay (laughs) because you said it you said it all you said it all but i guess
0: having a degree in church history actually comes in handy every it comes comes in (laughs) handy
1: you know i i took church history in both my under under uh learning and my after learning Mm -hmm. um but at this but but at the same time as you prepare and move forward with your ministry to regular people you that kind of after 61 years it kind of goes (laughs) a little bit so i refresh myself every once in a while to keep to keep with it because i get those questions all the time Mm -hmm. but You know, from time to time throughout history, the gift was on display and you nailed it, but some have criticized it as, especially recently, or let's say in the last 100 years, ecstatic mumbo jumbo. Some people call it different. um, The charismatic movement came along. Mm uh, some things happened in our church as a result of the charismatic movement. The church was suddenly filled with three, four hundred people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we held as many as we could hold. Well, after a period of time, um, the church was, was uh, how do I say it? The church was um, becoming disformed, not In the body of Christ, but it was our building was Mm -hmm. becoming deformed, so we had to pull it back together. So we put we put turnbuckles in to hold it back together. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't from three or four hundred people; it was just over time. Yeah. Okay, and so um, we put those turnbuckles in, and immediately the word went out that we were swinging from them. We were running across the top of the pews. None of that ever happened in the church, but that's what goes with the Pentecostal. At least aesthetic. the pastor
0: never saw that happen. No, but, I never saw that. But happen. But I'm sure you have teenagers in your church.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they I run. I was a
0: teenager but... <laughs> in the church too, so uh, not saying it never happened. No, let's just say well, I didn't. But, uh, I never saw anybody yeah. hang
1: from the do you, anything.
0: Do you think that some of the criticism, though, um, because uh, the Pentecostal movement was so vast? that some of the criticisms that came to the denomination as a whole were valid?
1: I would say yes, because there was a lot of excess mm-hmm. that I do not believe that God intended for there to be.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, it's it makes your job harder to say when somebody comes with these presuppositions. Like, and maybe somebody even comes from one of those uh, forms of worship to your church and assumes that this is how your church behaves. And they start behaving that way and, and doing that. And then there comes a time of, of discipline, of discipleship that you need to come. I you know, round them
1: up and you pull you know, them in. and you. you know. I,
0: I had a friend who was a, um, he, or he is a uh, pastor of the um, AME, an AME church in mm-hmm. the area. And he said, for some reason, people think that because we're a black church that you can just come in and just do whatever. And we'll get visitors there. And we had one person during the sermon stand up and start speaking in tongues. Pastor quieted everyone down, listened, and said, "Is there an interpretation?" And there wasn't one. And he said, "Please stay after service. We need to have a talk with you." Yeah. Yeah. Because things are done in order, and there's way, but they may have come from a church that, well, no, you right. just get up and do. Everybody just whenever you know does those things, and so, so you kind of get it from both ends. Yes. You get it from the people that are in, that would would claim, yeah, Dave, you and I are exactly the same. And then you look at the way they're behaving and what they're saying and what they're doing, you're like, Yeah, slow down there.
1: Yeah. You know? We would have yeah. conversations just like that gentleman had. Yeah. You know, can you stay and we'll talk about what, what just happened? And I'll take them to the word of God where mm-hmm. where Paul says, Hey, I'd I'd rather you prophesy so people understand. You you speak in tongues and nobody understands. What did it profit the church? Yeah. That's basically what he says. So Give them yeah. a drumstick.
0: Say next time come up and bang these cymbals. Basically, that's what he says. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so, we've we've had the the criticism, but in mm-hmm. the twentieth century, the largest Pentecostal denomination was the Assemblies of God at the time, mm-hmm. and that's where Charles Parham and and uh, our friend, uh, oh, what what was his name? Well, I forget. William. I got it listed down here. Oh, William Seymour. Thank. Mm-hmm. So William Seymour. Um, he he was the the black minister that they laid underneath. You know the the whole Azusa Street thing. Um, they laid underneath the pews and the sawdust and the Holy Spirit fell and, mm-hmm. and Hot Springs, Arkansas. I'm eliminating a lot. Okay, that's the Assemblies of God idea. We are an offshoot of that. Okay. And follow that very closely because I attain to the 16 statements of fundamental truth that the Assemblies attains to.
0: Is that who your nation is under? N- no. Okay. Is that your church affiliation? I was licensed
1: under? under the Assemblies of God. Okay. But I, I am ordained under the Fellowship Network, okay. which is a movement of, well, let's put it this way. I'm, I'm the vice president of the Northeast region. Of the fellowship network, and I have about 120 churches and uh, many ministers and organizations that are under me in this Mm -hmm. area, and they look to me for guidance. And when I need guidance, I look to the president of our fellowship. And when so we all we have an accountability all the way through. Okay, and a lot of this started for accountability-wise out of the Assemblies of God. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to be accountable to something. Yeah. But a lot of the offshoots were not accountable. They just kind of did whatever they wanted to do. That's mm-hmm. where Pentecostalism got its bad name. Yeah. Um, yeah, Not that it's bad, but I'm just saying no, 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 that no. It's, it's, it got a, a rough name. Yeah, Let's put it, it that way. It's
0: like the... Uh, Anabaptist uprising in Munster, um, Germany, in 1536. The way that they behaved and what happened there, then that got adhered to every Anabaptist. Yes, and said every Anabaptist wants to try and, and take over your town and you know instill polygamy and you know everything else. And and people were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute!" Like Michael Sadler was like, "No, we're not. <laughs> we're not affiliated with y- these guys. Like, exactly. We have, we have something totally different." But yeah. but it becomes the same type of stigma.
1: Yeah. You know? So. Um here's some of the things that we believe like other forms of evangelical protestantism pentecostalism adheres to the inerrancy of the bible we believe that the word of god is true mm-hmm. now i'm going to say this we believe that the word of god is true in everything, and everything in it is true but i'm going to say that not everything in the bible is for
0: me like the table of contents
1: yeah <laughs> no, like the things that God specifically speaks to his Jewish people. But now we have been engrafted in. Mm-hmm. So I have to realize that there is something relative to his people. And so then when I read that, mm-hmm. I take it into consideration and understand it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I am what he's saying. Okay? So. I still believe in the – I'm not saying that anything is wrong in the Bible. Please don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that there are some – God doesn't always speak literally. Can I say that without being – You can
0: say whatever you want. Okay.
1: Without <laughs> – I mean, I don't know who your listeners are going to be, but um, – It's a diverse group. I want to say yeah. that that in my belief system, the Bible is the Word of God. It's inspired by it's true, mm-hmm. everything in it. However, God writers did use metaphors, similes, different things. You know, when um, when something is. Uh, uh, where the scripture says you can say unto this mountain be thou removed And ca-. how many of us need a mountain moved a literal mountain so you can't take everything we
0: live in Appalachia uh, <laughs> it would be nice to move some of these mountains it, now
1: exactly go. <laughs> you don't need a literal so the understanding yeah. is it's an idiom you are saying that the big thing in my life can be moved uh, you know he was saying that to, to the people and so um That is still a truth. It's just not, I don't need a literal mountain moved. Do I believe that God could move a literal mountain? If I needed it, I don't need it. So why should he? Okay, so a literal mountain. But there might be a big mountain in my life that I'm dealing with that I can't see past, I can't see around, I can't see under. It's just huge in my life. And I say, Lord, could you move this mountain, please?
2: The Theology Pit is a partner-funded ministry. Please consider partnering with us by making a donation at thetheologypit.com. Just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best Theology Pit podcast on the internet. Now, let's get back to the show.
0: So you would use a historical, literary, grammatic hermeneutic? Yes. Okay. <laughs> My audience understands that. Okay. Right? <laughs> All right. We did so, 27 episodes on the Bible.
1: Yes. So Okay. Yes, yeah. I, would, I would say that. My her- her- hermeneutics... Uh, by the way, I had a teacher, and I got to give him a shout-out in case he comes past this. Okay. <laughs> uh, he may even not even be alive anymore. I don't know. But his name was... Uh, Herman Terrace Newman and he taught hermeneutics mm-hmm. so we called his class Herman because his name was Herman yeah okay yeah. Uh, and so uh, brother Terry if you're out there professor Newman if you're <laughs> out there and you're listening to this I you gave me a, a, the benefit of a beautiful foundation mm-hmm. To, to understand the word of God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's where it came from. Yeah. Okay. He so, was a professor of hermeneutics.
0: So let me ask you if we can get into some uh biblical interpretation stuff. Okay. Just, just real quick, if if you know, um we can hover on this for a bit. When you say that it's um the word of God and it's you would say inerrant, infallible, both? Like what is the go to terminology? I would
1: say I believe in the inerrancy of scripture. Okay. It doesn't make mistakes.
0: Okay. Okay. So it is without error. Without error. Okay. Um, Now, would you say that it is without error in the word or in the concept? So, in other words, absissima verba, which is the very words themselves, or absissima vox, the very meaning of of what is being communicated.
1: Okay. For your listeners out there... Mm -hmm. um, my understanding of the word is based on the fact that scripture comes to me in a certain way as i read it i receive it the okay. holy Spirit enlightens it to me okay i don't believe on new revelations i as a matter of fact I describe if somebody comes along, saying I've got a new revelation from God. Well, there isn't any new revelation. The Word of God is the revelation, Mm -hmm. okay? So I would say that right up front. Um, But understanding that I am illumined by the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. that's where I hang my hat. Okay, So I'm going to say that to you. That's my best way of uh, uh, explaining to you, I hang my hat on the illumination that the Holy Spirit brings to me, but I weigh it through commentaries and different things. I don't make it my own unless I am satisfied with whatever has been said. Well, I I can discredit this because this guy believes this, this, and this, or I can... Grasp it because this guy believes this, but I don't base it on commentaries. I base it on being illuminated by the Holy Spirit. So
0: where the expository and the reception come together, that is where the Word of God is found. That's where I believe, yeah. Okay. Thank you. that's very... (laughs) You must be a big fan of Karl Barth, then. Uh, somewhat. <laughs> it's a very Barthian thing to say, <laughs> the way that you just articulated. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, yeah. Well,
0: okay. I just wanted to kind of get into that a little bit. Yeah.
1: Just a little bit. More yeah. No, that. I, I, uh, like I said, I, I, I believe in the illumination mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit, and He directs. Yeah. That's one of the. I'm gonna send him. Jesus said, I'm going to send him so he can teach you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to send him so he can guide you. Yeah. I'm going to send him. Okay, so if that's what he sent him to do, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to turn myself over to the Holy Spirit and say, Mm -hmm. illumine me to your word.
0: Yeah. You don't mean illumination as though I only believe the Bible if it's in digital form and it glows. No. Okay.
1: That is not what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what I mean. Um, So anyway, uh, let me go through. This sure. is our basic belief system.
0: Okay. The okay. sixteen
1: statements of fundamental truth, as a whole, I I have adopted them from the Assemblies of God because
0: um, it's right in line with. My do you thinking. want to rattle through all sixteen, or do you want to talk about them individually? Um. Well, I have some statements
1: behind them, so okay. I might stop. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. The Bible is inspired by God and is the infallible authoritative rule of faith and conduct. It contains all truth, but at the same time, in many cases, Scripture is like I said before. Sometimes similes, sometimes metaphors, mm-hmm. sometimes okay. And, and so we, we've already discussed that. Uh, set number two, there is only one true God, and He exists in a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, mm-hmm. God the Holy Spirit. I'm I'm making that I'm t, I'm talking to you like I would be talking to my congregation.
0: Well, that's important because you have people within the Pentecostal movement known as oneness Pentecostals. Well,
1: I was going to talk about that. Okay, <laughs> all
0: right, but but no, but that's a very good distinction to make within your within your tradition because but right
1: now, yeah. uh, this point right here, you know, there are Pentecostal. Holiness people who attain to Jesus only. Yeah, that is yep. not who we are. Yeah, that
0: is TD Jake's ministry. That is not who we are. Yeah, and okay. that's and that's and but that's uh, a distinction that needs to be yeah. made. So I mean, now
1: yeah. you know I'm not. We're not. We. Uh, anybody in our congregation is not.
0: Or better not be. They've been taught. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Trinity. Okay. Uh, number three, Jesus. All of your, all your parishioners are going to get a pop quiz when this is over. Um, I'm giving it I'm gonna... to
2: them.
0: I'm giving it to them because they better say. <laughs> okay. Number three
1: is Jesus Christ is the Son of God and as the second person of the Trinity is God. We believe that. Mm-hmm. For man was created good and upright. However, man by voluntary transgression fell. And thereby incurred not only physical death, but also spiritual death, which is separation from God. And we understand that as Harmardiology, Mm -hmm. the doctrine of sin. Yeah. Uh, Five, I got to try to keep these straight. I just have bullet points. Uh, Um, Oh, rookie mistake. Yeah, rookie mistake. (laughs) Salvation is received through repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's soteriology. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are two ordinances that we believe. That's what separated the Waldenses and the Huguenots way back. And because they came into the understanding that that transubstantiation and different things like indulgences mm-hmm. and things like that were not wait, wait a minute, something's not right with that. Okay. And so they they moved on from that. So the two ordinances are believers baptism by immersion is a declaration to the world that the believer has died and been raised together with Christ, becoming a new creation. Paul, on a number of times in the, and especially in his prison epistles, says that you are a new creation. Mm-hmm. And so the understanding is that the old man died, the new man has come alive. okay? And that we believe um, is what you are professing when you are baptized. You are baptized into his death, raised into Christ's new life, okay? I think that's generalization. The Lord's Supper is a symbol expressing the believers sharing in the divine nature of Christ, a memorial of Christ's suffering and death, and a prophecy of Christ's second coming. You know, remember and do this until he comes again, Paul says, okay? So... Uh, then another one is speaking in tongues is the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit there's a division there as compared to others but I stick to that saying that I believe that speaking in tongues is the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit not the Holy Spirit becoming a part of your life at salvation He becomes a part of our life at Mm -hmm. salvation I believe then it's another work of grace, the baptism of the Holy Spirit that He comes to us in that regard. Sanctification. Next one is sanctification is an act of separation from which, from that which is evil, and a dedication unto God, and it is a ongoing uh, ongoing thing. Sanctification does happen at the t- time of salvation, but you are growing into it as well. No one is. Com- no one. You're, you're, as far as God's eye is concerned, you are sanctified, but you are learning how to live in that sanctification.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? Um, it occurs when the believer identifies with and has faith in Christ. In his death and resurrection, it's understood to be a process in that it requires continual yielding to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Then let's talk about the church's mission. church's mission is to seek and save all who are lost in sin, the church is the body of Christ and consists of all people who accept Christ, regardless of Christian denomination. So if you come to Christ humbly and say, Lord, I believe, God, I believe everything you did through Jesus Christ. He went to the cross. He went, I say that every Sunday after at the end of my sermons, you know, so that people understand that it's simply that. It's understanding and knowing him mm-hmm. in regard to that. Um Next is divinely called and spiritually ordained ministers to serve the world, to serve the church. I believe in a divine calling. I don't I don't attain to or understand the idea of a hireling. Why you would be hired to do to lead a church, just to lead a church. You better be divinely called,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: you're going to fall. You're going to go down with the ship. Okay. Yeah. And so basically, that's it. Divine healing of the sick. Is provided. Over at um,
0: uh, real quick, over yeah. at uh, First Presby, where I where I came from here yeah. in, uh, in Beaver. So Jeff Arnold's been my like mentor yeah. as I've been doing Great this. Great guy. And um, he said a couple things to me whenever I took this position here at this church. The first one, first thing he said to me, he sat me down and said. I remember a couple years ago, there's a guy sitting in front of me and said, I'll never be a pastor. Ah, you know? and yeah. He's like, and look at you now. And he said, you know what? And he said, um, let me tell you what being a pastor is. It's getting knocked down and getting back up. Yeah. He's like, I can tell you that the people that come to me saying I did well in business, I did well in finance, I was CEO of a company, I can work with people really well, I can do that. I'd be a really good pastor. I'm going to be a pastor," he said. I try and talk him out of it. He said, "No, you won't." And I've watched them go on seminary, do all that, work for a church for a couple years, and quit and, and, and fail and, and leave. Yeah, because he said, they're they're not." He said, "People like you that don't want the job don't think that you're you know adequate enough for it yeah. are going to lean on God the whole time yes. and just say." Whatever comes, comes. Yeah. And, and that's it. And you just keep getting back up. And he said, I've seen that so many times. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, so what you're saying is that, because uh, I don't know any better. <laughs> I'm going to be a decent pastor. <laughs> he said sort of. Yeah. But, but it's like um, the calling is not something that I pursued. It's something that I surrendered to
1: that's a good uh, understanding absolutely. of it because that's the same same way with me. Yeah. Can I simplify? Sure, absolutely. I'm going to simplify.
2: Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit stop over and give us a like. If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to Samson at the That's Samson spelled Samson at the theologypit.com. Now here's a preview of next week's show.
1: Pastors are those people who are with people when their loved one passes away they go and they visit in the hospital they are ones that have to put out fires all over the place in the church they pat butts not literally but basically you that's what you have to do and most people that are not called would not have been given that ability to do those things you do this and more on the next theology pit